I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Ezekiel chapters 22 and 23. This is the new King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. We begin in chapter 22 with Ezekiel prophesying that the Jerusalemites are an abomination. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Now, son of man, will you judge? Will you judge the bloody city? Yes, show her all her abominations. Then say, Thus says the Lord God, The city sheds blood in her own midst, that her time may come, then she may make idols within herself to defile herself. You have become guilty by the blood which you have shed, and have defiled yourself with the idols which you have made. You have caused your days to draw near and have come to the end of your years. Therefore, I have made you a reproach to the nations and a mockery to all countries. Those near and those far from you will mock you as infamous and full of tumult. Look, the princes of Israel, each one has used his power to shed blood in you. In you they have made light of father and mother. In your midst they have oppressed the stranger. In you they have mistreated the fatherless and the widow. You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. In you are men who slander to cause bloodshed. In you are those who eat on the mountains. In your midst they commit lewdness. In you men uncover their father's nakedness. In you they violate women who are set apart during their impurity. One commits abomination with his neighbor's wife. Another lewdly defiles his daughter-in-law. And another in you violates his sister, his father's daughter. In you they take bribes to shed blood. You take usury and increase. You have made a profit from your neighbors by extortion and have forgotten me, says the Lord God. Behold, therefore, I beat my fist at the dishonest profit you have made and at the bloodshed which has been in your midst. Can your heart endure or can your hands remain strong in the days when I shall deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken and will do it. I will scatter you among the nations, disperse you throughout the countries, and remove your filthiness completely from you. You shall defile yourself in the sight of the nations, then you shall know that I am the Lord. Well, this string of prophecies began back in Ezekiel chapter 20. The elders of the exiled Jews had requested an audience with Ezekiel to get an idea of what to expect now. This prophecy details the manner in which Judah, led by her leaders in Jerusalem, had broken the Mosaic Covenant. This passage is quite detailed in the specific rejection of the principles, those principles of the law by Israel and Judah. Jerusalem is referred to by God as the bloody city in verse 2. This blood on the hands of the inhabitants is mentioned seven additional times throughout this chapter. In that same verse, Ezekiel is told, Yes, show her all her abominations. The detailed list of specific sins are listed in verses 3 through 12, with the penalty found in verses 13 through 16. That penalty is summed up in verse 15 when it says, I will scatter you among the nations, disperse you throughout the countries, and remove your filthiness completely from you. 
This prophecy references the fall of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. and the subsequent deportation of its influential citizens, an event recorded in 2 Kings chapter 24. Incidentally, you'll notice at the top of their list of sins in verses 3 and 4 is found the problem with which Israel had always struggled, the false worship of idols. Every other rebellious act against God seemed to have at its roots this sin of idolatry. In chapter 22, beginning with verse 17, God speaking here through this prophecy, saying, You're the dross, and I'm the furnace. Verse 17, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. They are all bronze, tin, iron, and lead in the midst of a furnace. They have become dross from silver. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Because you have all become dross, therefore, behold, I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem. As men gather silver, bronze, iron, lead, and tin into the midst of a furnace, to blow fire on it, to melt it, so will I gather you in my anger and in my fury, and I will leave you there and melt you. Yes, I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in its midst." As silver is melted in the midst of a furnace, so shall you be melted in its midst. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury on you. Well, dross is the waste material that comes off fine metals, like silver and gold, when they're purified by fire. Jerusalem, get ready for a judgment by fire. And why is that? Well, Ezekiel says in verse 19, this, because you have all become dross. The penalty is creatively worded in verse 21. He says, I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath. Well, here's another prophecy regarding the capture of Jerusalem by the Babylonians, and that capture is recorded in 2 Kings chapter 24. In chapter 22, beginning with verse 23, we find the prophecy continues with the accusation that they have no righteous leadership. Verse 23. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, say to her, You are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured people. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in her midst. Her priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and unholy." Nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have hidden their eyes from my Sabbaths, so that I am profaned among them. Her princes in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey, to shed blood, to destroy people, and to get dishonest gain. Her prophets plastered them with untempered mortar, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, Thus says the Lord God, when the Lord had not spoken." The people of the land have used oppressions, committed robbery, and mistreated the poor and needy, and they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. Therefore I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God." Well, Jerusalem, all your leaders are wicked, and your prophets are a bunch of liars, and your regular old everyday people, they're corrupt too. Now, I memorized verse 30 back in the late 1960s before I even understood the context. That verse says, 
So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. I thought it sort of sounded cool. It sort of sounded Americanish to me. Notice that Ezekiel specifically prophesies against the prophets in verse 25 and again in verse 28, and the priest in verse 26, and the princes in verse 27, along with the regular old everyday common people in verse 29 within Judah prior to the fall of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. Good principled leaders have always been hard to find. How many ways can you prophesy the doom of Judah and Jerusalem? Well, here's one more in verse 31. He says, Therefore I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. And then in Ezekiel chapter 23, we have a recurring analogy, the old prostitute analogy, verse 1. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother. They committed harlotry in Egypt. They committed harlotry in their youth. Their breasts were there embraced. Their virgin bosom was there pressed. Their names, Oholah the elder and Oholabah her sister. They were mine, and they bore sons and daughters. As for their names, Samaria is Oholah, and Jerusalem is Oholabah. Oholah played the harlot even though she was mine, and she lusted for her lovers, the neighboring Assyrians, who were clothed in purple, captains and rulers, all of them desirable young men, horsemen riding on horses. Thus she committed her harlotry with them, all of them choice men of Assyria, and with all for whom she lusted, with all their idols she defiled herself. She has never given up her harlotry, brought from Egypt, for in her youth they had lain with her, pressed her virgin bosom, and poured out their immorality upon her. Therefore I have delivered her into the hand of her lovers, into the hand of the Assyrians, for whom she lusted. They uncovered her nakedness, took away her sons and daughters, and slew her with the sword." She became a byword among women, for they had executed judgment on her. Now, although her sister Aholabah saw this, she became more corrupt in her lust than she, and in her harlotry more corrupt than her sister's harlotry. She lusted for the neighboring Assyrians, captains and rulers clothed most gorgeously, horsemen riding on horses, and all of them desirable young men. Then I saw that she was defiled. Both took the same way, but she increased her harlotry. She looked at men portrayed on the wall, images of Chaldeans portrayed in vermilion, girded with belts around their waists, flowing turbans on their heads, all of them looking like captains in the matter of the Babylonians of Chaldea, the land of their nativity. As soon as her eyes saw them, she lusted for them and sent messengers to them in Chaldea. Then the Babylonians came to her into the bed of love, and they defiled her with their immorality. So she was defiled by them and alienated herself from them. She revealed her harlotry and uncovered her nakedness. Then I alienated myself from her, as I had alienated myself from her sister. Yet she multiplied her harlotry in calling to remembrance the days of her youth, when she had played the harlot in the land of Egypt. For she lusted for her paramours, whose flesh is like the flesh of donkeys, and whose issue is like the issue of horses. Thus you called to remembrance the lewdness of your youth when the Egyptians pressed your bosom because of your youthful breast. 
Therefore, Oholabah, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will stir up your lovers against you, from whom you have alienated yourself, and I will bring them against you from every side, the Babylonians, all the Chaldeans, Pekod, Shoah, Koah, all the Assyrians with them, all of them desirable young men, governors and rulers, captains and men of renown, all of them riding on horses, and they shall come against you with chariots, wagons, and war horses, with a horde of people. They shall array against you buckler, shield, and helmet all around. I will delegate judgment to them, and they shall judge you according to their judgments. I will set my jealousy against you, and they shall deal furiously with you. They shall remove your nose and your ears, and your remnant shall fall by the sword. They shall take your sons and your daughters, and your remnant shall be devoured by fire." They shall also strip you of your clothes and take away your beautiful jewelry. Thus I will make you cease your lewdness and your harlotry, brought from the land of Egypt, so that you will not lift your eyes to them nor remember Egypt any more. For thus says the Lord God, Surely I will deliver you into the hand of those you hate, into the hand of those from whom you alienated yourself. They will deal hatefully with you, take away all you have worked for, and leave you naked and bare. The nakedness of your harlotry shall be uncovered, both your lewdness and your harlotry. I will do these things to you, because you have gone as a harlot after the Gentiles, because you have become defiled by their idols. You have walked in the way of your sister, therefore I will put her cup in your hand. Thus says the Lord God, You shall drink of your sister's cup, the deep and wide one. You shall be laughed to scorn and held in derision. It contains much. You will be filled with drunkenness and sorrow, the cup of horror and desolation, the cup of your sister Samaria. You shall drink and drain it. You shall break its shards and tear at your own breast, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. Therefore thus says the Lord God, because you have forgotten me and cast me behind your back, therefore you shall bear the penalty of your lewdness and your harlotry. The Lord also said to me, Son of man, will you judge Aholah and Aholabah? Then declare to them their abominations, for they have committed adultery, and blood is on their hands. They have committed adultery with their idols, and even sacrificed their sons whom they bore to me, passing them through the fire to devour them. Moreover, they have done this to me. They have defiled my sanctuary on the same day, and profaned my Sabbaths. For after they had slain their children for their idols on the same day, they came into my sanctuary to profane it. And indeed, thus they have done in the midst of my house. Furthermore, you sent for men to come from afar to whom a messenger was sent. And there they came, and you washed yourself for them, painted your eyes, and adorned yourself with ornaments. You sat on a stately couch with a table prepared before it, on which you had set my incense and my oil." The sound of a carefree multitude was with her, and Sabians were brought from the wilderness with men of the common sort, who put bracelets on their wrists and beautiful crowns on their heads. Then I said, Concerning her who had grown old in adulteries, will they commit a harlotry with her now, and she with them? Yet they went into her as men go into a woman who plays the harlot, thus they went into Ahola and Aholabah, the lewd women." But righteous men will judge them after the manner of adulteresses and after the manner of women who shed blood, because they are adulteresses and blood is on their hands. For thus says the Lord God, Bring up an assembly against them, give them up to trouble and plunder. 
The assembly shall stone them with stones and execute them with their swords. They shall slay their sons and their daughters and burn their houses with fire. Thus I will cause lewdness to cease from the land, that all women may be taught not to practice your lewdness. They shall repay you for your lewdness, and you shall pay for your idolatrous sins. Then you shall know that I am the Lord God." Well, idolatry and worshiping false gods is often referred to as spiritual adultery or harlotry in the Old Testament. The Israelites were the people of God, and the Mosaic Law was very specific and severe in its punishment for physical adultery and harlotry among its people. On a national level, when the Israelites wandered away or blatantly forsook God, which, by the way, they repeatedly did, the prophets of God always treated it with the same severity as national spiritual adultery. You'll recall that Ezekiel used the prostitute analogy back in Ezekiel chapter 16. Prostitution goes beyond mere adultery. It's the blatant disregard for the marriage vows altogether. We finish off this series of prophecies with another prostitute analogy, one depicting a period later in Israel's history. Notice that these two prostitutes are clearly identified in verse 4, Judah and Israel, also known as the southern kingdom being Judah, and the northern kingdom being uh, the nation of Israel, also known here as Samaria. Ezekiel's prophecy even gives feminine names to these representative prostitutes. Samaria is a hola, and Jerusalem is a holabah. It's a very heavy prophecy, wouldn't you agree? Let's take a look at the two names assigned here by Ezekiel's prophecy. Both Hebrew names assigned in this prophecy have tent as their root. The sense seems to be that the tent is the place of business for a prostitute. First, let's look at Ahola, she who has a tent, tent woman, as in worshiper at a tent shrine, depicting Samaria as an adulteress with Assyria. That's that name. Then the name Aholabah. It means tent in her. That's depicting Jerusalem. Well, the first prostitute, Samaria, the northern kingdom, adopted the idolatrous practices of the surrounding nations and subsequently fell to the Assyrians. That's recorded here in this prophecy in verses 5 through 10. Now Samaria's sister, Jerusalem, the southern kingdom, is doing likewise, and she'll get the same punishment, the punishment of an adulterous prostitute, and that prophecies in verses 11 through 49. The prophecy against Judah and Jerusalem of their imminent fall to the Babylonians begins in verse 22. And if you need the reason for their fall spelled out very clearly, well, there it is in chapter 23, verse 30. It says, I will do these things to you because you have gone as a harlot after the Gentiles, because you have become defiled by their idols. As a matter of fact, Ezekiel gives another mention of the sacrifice of their own children upon the pagan altars, a subject he also deals with in Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 20 and 21. Ezekiel's prophecy gives God the credit for the fall of Jerusalem, but only because of Judah's idolatry. And just in case you're still wondering why Judah fell, well, there it is stated once again in verse 49. It says, They shall repay you for your lewdness, and you shall pay for your idolatrous sins. Then you shall know that I am the Lord God. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. 
The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walker.